Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Big Ten Show brought to you by Bookmaker. Check out Bookmaker online at bookmaker.eu for all the lines and all the games and every single sport from table tennis to football, from soccer to basketball, and everything in between. Check them out at bookmaker.eu. Today, make sure you tweet them when you sign up at bookmaker underscore EU. You'll get a $100 free bet. Absolutely no strings attached. Check them out today at bookmaker.eu. Welcome into another edition of the Big Ten Show presented by Jacobson Seed Company. Check them out at jacobsonseed.com. Listen, if you're a farmer and you want more money in your pocket, a better yield, and the healthy hybrid advantage, check out our friends at Jacobson Seed Company, jacobsonseed.com. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. Welcome into another edition of the Big Ten Show. You can find us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, the Believe Podcast Network, of course on Bally's and SI.com. Adam, another week is in the books, and I have a little prop today. Oh, because Miami got killed last night? Okay. Finally, I'm happy to see that ugly thing. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, listen, listen. I don't know if you saw, but Des Walker scores three touchdowns, and he's doing the upside-down you, all right? Something that you do as well on this show and give me a hard time. So I have to ask a simple question. Very easy. doesn't have to do specifically with the Big Ten, but you see this sometimes from fans throughout the sport. You know, it's okay, apparently, to dog on the U. Yes, it is. And, 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 but, but the minute a fan base is dogging on a quarterback and he goes to the end zone and he shows off his watch. Everybody's up in arms. And then for some reason, fans like to celebrate the demise of a program like Miami, of a program like Colorado, which has not done anything to anyone except gone out there and been themselves trying to set the standard as the standard. Yet for some reason, when people aren't status quo and tote the line, we have to find some sort of criticism to hand out. Like, I've never seen so much hate for a program as I've seen for Colorado this year. And it's been more than Miami. I don't understand it. Dion's a stand-up dude. He's trying to get these guys to compete at a different level. And for some reason, you blow a 20-some point lead, and it's celebrated as if they had won the national championship. I'm meaning they, the fans, that are cheering against Colorado. Speak some truth to me on this. Demise. You have to be good in order for there to be a demise. So let's talk about the definition of that word first. I just did. That's enough. The fact is this. When you win a game and you run down. So let's go back to the first time I saw this was before the Nebraska game. The Nebraska players and coaches were not disrespecting the Colorado Buffalo logo in the middle of the field. In fact, they were praying, heaven forbid, Shadur Sanders walks in the middle of everybody, starts talking trash, shocker, and Coach Rule says, do you want to join us? And he starts doing this. That's when you lost me. And then he was what, talking what, about what was they were disrespecting that? the logo because it's uncalled for. You get invited to come to a prayer and you start doing this. And then he makes some, some, up some facade. They were disrespecting the logo. No, they weren't. You're looking for reasons to make it personal. You're looking for reasons to be a victim. It's fake. It's pretend. It's not real. Now, there's been plenty of times when it's been real this year. Jay Norvell made it personal and real. 
there's been plenty of times when they had reason to take Arizona State's off. fan base was saying horrific things to Shadur Sanders throughout oh, that game. Because Colorado doesn't do anything, anything to draw attention to themselves. They don't do anything to talk trash. Did you see what they did to the Oregon logo before the Oregon game? Said, of they, all the things that they've done, that was the dumbest thing they've done all year. I, I think I think destroying the logo and doing that stuff is absolutely there's, stupid. There's okay? a hypocrisy there that people don't like. Oh, you're going to disrespect our logo. No, they're preying on it. You're going to come flash some fake Rolex, okay? But I think it actually was real. You're going to go disrespect another team's logo and then cry victim, poor woe is me. So I, I tweeted, or I quote tweeted, about Shadur doing that. First of all, what's his obsession with the watch? Like, he's the only person to ever have a nice watch on planet Earth. I think that's the first <laughs> thing that annoys me. Like, dude, like, talk about or showboat about something that's actually, like, legitimate, unique. Not just something. Think, doesn't it mean it's doesn't it mean it's Shadur time? I think that's what it's like. It's Shadur time. That's what I thought it means. It's I don't think it's about the watch. Did it? He had a watch on. Like it was about. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, watch. It's, yeah Shadur time. Like it's he's time to explain it then. Because to me, okay. it looks like he's happy that he's actually got a nice watch that's more than worth worth more than twenty dollars. So congratulations. If it's about Shadur time, he's never said that. You got to say it. Okay, so all right. Here's, I'm actually rooting for Colorado. I actually oh. like Dion. He was my favorite NFL player growing up. I love the high step. I love I love Dion. Okay. But I do not love at the end of a game you run down halfway across the field and you do this. Like She's I said I said it in my tweet. I said I he has tweet. no idea that he should be embarrassed by this and not proud. And I stick by so that. All so, these so, people who came up in my comments and tried to make it about race, shove it up your okay, ass. Get sideways. out of here about that. That's, yeah, I agree. shove it up That's, your ass sideways. It's not yeah, about color. Your not skin, about race not at all. Content of how you're acting. Let so, me ask you this though. Let me ask you this. Let me finish. God, Mister Miami, Mister, we have to flash you, and then people want to hold us accountable. And now we're the victim. I'll bring it back. Miami has not done anything wrong in twenty years. You started this years. in Miami. Oh, let me ask you this. Miami. I only brought me, in Miami myself, so you can't do it. Let me ask. Let me ask this. Let me ask. More entertain. Who would you rather watch? Okay. Marvin Harrison or Ocho Cinco? Hmm. Marvin Harrison actually won a lot more games. So I'm going to go with Marvin He, did, he didn't celebrate in the end zone. I mean, give me a break. I was waiting every single time for Ocho to break out a new touchdown celebration. More, entertain more entertaining, Emmett Smith or Jamal Anderson? The dirty bird, baby. I mean, give me some of that in the end zone, all right? Like, I don't watch football personally for X's and O's. I watch it to be entertained, and, yeah. and that's why I personally enjoy um, the, the semantics that come with Colorado or an Ocho Cinco or a T.O. Like, to me, one of the greatest moments – one of the greatest moments in 49er history was when T.O. ran to the middle of the star and went the T.O. route, man. Like, that's, that's better than any touchdown Jerry Rice ever had, okay? <laughs> and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but I also no, you think – You know you don't. You liar. <laughs> I just enjoy – I enjoy that that comes with it. I'm more of a – I'm more of a, a sports center highlight fan than I am of the whole 60 minutes or the all 22 tape or whatever it is that you have to watch. And I just think you should like, I'm not mad, dude. I don't care if you watch the game for the offensive linemen or the matchups like that, or you're an X's and O's guy, or you really like special teams. Good for you. But like, I don't think we should like dog on 
these teams when they have a, a loss to the point where it's like, oh, you deserved it because you celebrated when you won. That's what, and I get what you're saying about the logo thing, and I get woe is me and the the, the whole hypocrisy part. Listen, I I agree with a lot of what you say there, and I I do say tongue in cheek with regards to some of it, but in in regards to the piling on, like Colorado should have never lost that game, and and Stanford should be celebrated for winning that game, but it felt like the celebration was more because Colorado blew that lead. Uh, and lost that game than Stanford having the greatest comeback in the history of their program. And that to me is that to me is what is bothersome. So I can get behind it should be more about Stanford than it was. I can get behind that. But here's the deal. If you do this and then you blow a 29-point lead, you should get 10 times what? coming Why? your way. Any other, because you can't do this and then only reap the benefits and then duck the consequences when it's not good. No, no, no. That's cowardly. Okay, are you aware of the Dylan Danis Logan Paul fight that happened yesterday? Yes, yes. Dylan Danis has done nothing but this, and it's been great. And then he went out and got embarrassed. He should, as fun as he was to follow on Twitter for the past few months leading up to this fight, he should get it one million times more because of this. And then he went out and got embarrassed. It's that simple. You can't just do whatever you want, only reap the positives and duck the consequences when they're not positive. Adam Carricker, I'm Jeff Turner, and this is the Big Ten Show, the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company. Yes, I, 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 I understand. I understand. I've never it's been so happy down. to see that helmet. It's upside down. Hey, I did say, and I know we didn't talk about this game because it's not Big Ten. North Carolina's good. They, they are, are very good. Oh, and with Des Walker back, woo! Dude, I didn't think they'd do that to Miami. I thought it would be like woo! a touchdown. You know, woo! the team that doesn't know how to take a knee, but I digress. I think North Carolina is really good, and good Lord is Mac Brown, Mac Brown, Mac Brown, a good football coach. You know the last time North Carolina was this good, nineteen ninety seven. Guess who their coach was? Mac Brown. Mac Brown. Before he yep. went to Texas, did what he did yep. there, and now he's back at Carolina. That man. Can I mean, listen, North Carolina may be a Big Ten team sooner That's rather than later. Yes, who knows? yes, <laughs> who knows? yes. I want it. I want it. I know that. I know they're targeting them for academics and everything else that comes along with it. But you're right, man. That team could be representing the ACC in the college football yep. playoff. All right, let's get to the action over the weekend. And I wish I had a helmet for the juggernaut. That oh is God. the Iowa Hawkeyes. No, we're starting with the game that matters. I know, listen, most. listen, listen, we'll listen. Get to that ugly game. No, no, no. no. Washington, Oregon. Come on. Okay. So we you talked can about this game. in a minute. You can give me. We talked about this game last week because we will have Oregon and Washington in the Big Ten. And first of all, man, as I'm watching this game, how much fun is the Big Ten going to be with these two programs in it, man? Like. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Watch out, dude. These teams are super legit, and they're going to be good as 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 long as um, those brands stay strong, man. That thing is going to be so much fun to watch in the Big Ten. So I, I put this out on social media. The top three defenses in the country coming into Saturday was number one, Michigan, scoring defense, number one, Michigan, number two, Penn State, number three, Ohio State. All Big Ten teams, the top three scoring offenses in the country coming into Saturday. And I know USC got their rear ends whipped sideways. This was coming into Saturday. It was number one USC, number two Oregon, number three Washington, all going to be in the Big Ten next year. It's going to be awesome. Plus, it's, we've talked about this. It's national. It's coast to coast. The SEC, I honestly think, I'm not that the SEC is in trouble, but I think the Big Ten is going to surpass the SEC oh, yeah. because it is national and such a broader reach. Versus Although I will say Texas and Oklahoma's addition to the SEC, it's going to be yeah. fascinating to watch that too. If yes. they weren't adding those two teams, I'd say for sure. But I mean, 
Texas and Oklahoma have national brands, so I, I think that would be interesting. I'm throwing pens around. I'm so excited. Uh, but yeah, I think I think <laughs> I think um, I think those those two programs. But you're right, man. You're adding some big because you get USC and UCLA in addition to Oregon and Washington. Yep, for sure. So okay, Washington and Oregon. This was the game. I told my wife. I said, right now, this is the game I want to see more than any other game this year. So being a Northwest guy, I know the rivalry. I know the hate Oregon towards Washington specifically. They're both really good. They're going to be fun and exciting to watch. Okay, Washington, three-point favorite. They won 36-33. I had Oregon narrowly last week, but I wasn't uber confident. Now you know why. All right, the Ducks missed a 43-yard field goal as time expires. This was a back-and-forth game. Seven different lead changes, nine touchdowns. Michael Penix Jr. got to be your front runner for the Heisman right now. 302 pass yards, four touchdowns. The Huskies now have a 13-game win streak, which is the second longest in all of FBS. You go back to 633 in the fourth quarter. It almost looked like Oregon had the game won. They were up 33-29, to fourth and goal. Huskies got the ball. Ducks stop them. Now, you know that's a lot of time for two good offenses, but you had to feel really good for Oregon at that point. It wasn't a great game defensively for Washington, but they were able, especially with the game on the line later in the fourth quarter, to get key stops against Oregon's offense. They stopped Oregon on a fourth and three, gave the Huskies really an easy opportunity. They took it in for the score. You felt like it was almost too quick. Oregon goes down the field, unfortunately misses the field goal if you're a Ducks fan, but what a game it was, Jeff. Yeah, you know, and you brought up the Washington defense, and a lot of times in these games, we talk about, oh, you give up 33 points, and your defense didn't play great, but you mentioned that when it was 33-29, to 29, and the Ducks stoned the Huskies there on the goal line, uh, Oregon ended up um, getting stopped on third down, but uh, Dan Lanning called timeout, and so the play the play was completed, but they gave them the timeout. They went in, they went in uh, and, and ended up converting on third down on a pass to the outside. So they got another set of downs. Washington's defense then stopped them after three downs there. Again, we they get the ball back, go down and score super quick. The thing that I thought was so fascinating about um, Dan Lanning all game was that he never took the foot off the pedal. And even in a loss, I think you gain so much respect from your team on that. Now, you lose that game, and that probably squashes any hopes of winning or getting a chance to play for a national championship. But um, the fact that you did that and you continued, I mean, right before half, could have kicked the field goal, went for it, didn't get it. Same thing. And then they converted later on, and then they didn't convert at the end and, and ended up giving the ball to Washington at, at the 50-yard line. Bam, bam, two passes later, touchdown. Uh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. They, they mm -hmm. take the lead. Then they missed that field goal there at the end. Um, so I, I think it was a hell of a game. It's To me, it was the game of the year, and um, it was better than anything on TV that I've seen so far in college football uh, from a high-level standpoint. Now, Side note, I don't know if you saw that Houston-West Virginia game the other night. That might have been the most bat-leaping. Oh, oh, you didn't see it. this? Oh, dude, real quick, side note for all you yeah. college football fans, go watch the last two, not even, one minute of it. Uh, with 12 seconds left, Houston gives up a touchdown to West Virginia on like a 40-yard play. West Virginia takes the lead with 12 seconds left. They end up getting a, a, a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for celebrating too much. Hail Mary, tip oh, wow. ball, catch for Houston, game over. They beat wow. – uh, they end up winning the game over West Virginia. I mean, Dana Holgerson gets a revenge on that one. But that That's one was right. the most bonkers, right. yep. yeah, most bonkers game I've seen other than maybe Miami not kneeling it. And, and it's, but but those, two, those four teams are not on the same level as Washington and Oregon. Huge game, a lot of fun. Can't wait to watch them in the Big Ten.
Anything else you want to wrap up on that or you want to get to the Big Ten slate? Because I got to get to Iowa. No, I'm trying to kill as much time as I can so we don't have to get to the Iowa. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, I do want to talk about that game, and you can take your shot at me. Shots? No, at there's no shots. No shots. I just told no, you there, there was. A, You're full of crap. There, there's no no shots. I just wanted to. I wanted to point out yeah. that someone on this show last week <laughs> took a nine and a half point underdog to outright win the game, Come and on. I said they'll probably win by double digits. What <laughs> fifteen to six? I mean, double dude. Digits. But it's not I mean, double almost, almost, almost. They they flipped the script by 18 points, man. They were they were scheduled to lose by nine and a half. They end up winning by nine. Listen, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. You get into a Big Ten title game against that defense and that punter, you're screwed. Oh my God! You pointed out the punter. You know he had over 500 punt yards in the game. Maybe the Big Ten Player of the Week. The Big Ten doesn't know what they're talking about, dude. He's like, oh my God! I okay, that's a first. Uh, <laughs> a punter being the Big Ten Conference Player of the Week, dude. By far, right. he can be the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week for Iowa. <laughs> that's not how offense works, Jeff. Stop it with the Iowa offense crap. Two final thoughts. Number one, with Washington's defense, sometimes you don't have to be good. You just have to be opportunistic or sure. good in the key moments. Right. And in Miami's defense, can't believe I'm saying this, the runner's knee was down. Yeah, 100%. Thanks just for that. so you know. But we'll come Appreciate back. That. Oh, I didn't do it for you. Uh, here we go. Iowa, Wisconsin. <laughs> All right. So when I saw this score, because I, I wasn't able to watch this particular I watched game. it. I watched a lot of it. I, I, I went back and watched it later. I wasn't able to watch it live. I was coaching my son's eighth grade team who was playing the top team in the state. Did uh, they win? So we did not. We actually got killed the first time we played them, and we kept it within two scores this time. So that was probably Good adjustments. Nice adjustments by Dude, coach. it was phenomenal coaching. I don't know how, how who else to give the credit for. Just great coaching. Um, All right, so LaShawn Williams scores the game's lone touchdown on an 82-yard breakaway and finishes oh, 174 man. yards rushing. Okay. I thought he was going to get caught there. I thought he was going to get caught at the end, man. I thought he was going to run out of gas. Well, Iowa kind of lacks that speed, but it is what it is. All right. <laughs> and Saturday, uh, on Saturday, and Iowa gets the win 15-6. to six. Now, Wisconsin, it wasn't like he was lighting up the scoreboard, but they did lose their starting quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, okay, to a hand injury. It's why defensive players are supposed to stay away from the quarterback in practice. As he's following through, jams his thumb. Okay, pretty more than jams, um, you know, breaks it. I'm sure they'll x-ray it, do whatever. Yeah. Okay, um, and is, is out at, after the second quarter, basically. Um, and I did forget to mention this. Williams had a fun quote, I thought. I thought he, he said, and I quote, we wanted to take the heart out of them. I just love that quote. Okay, Iowa is now 6-1. and one. Williams had 25 carries on the day, but Iowa is now 6-1, and one, first place in the Big Ten West. So I know you're loving that. Right, now, coming into Saturday, they were averaging 21 points a game and 249 yards per game. That is the lowest of any FBS team in the entire country. And they only got 237 on Saturday. They were outgained 324 to 237, put up 15 points as we know that. In their defense, they lost, you know, one of the best offensive weapons, tight end Eric All. Okay. And as I mentioned, uh, Wisconsin lost Tanner Mordecai. Now, it's interesting. Because at one point in the game, I'm just going to point this stuff out. Whether whether I've been making fun of Iowa's offense all year, it's still interesting stuff. Okay, not good if you're an Iowa fan, but interesting. At one point in the game, Iowa had six drives, consecutive drives, with a total of three net yards. Okay, and you brought up the punter. He was the MVP of the game. 
10 punts, 50.6 yards per punt, over 500 yards punting. And actually, Iowa has more punt yards this year than they do offensive yards. Now, Iowa's defense, this, this was the difference in the game. Wisconsin's leading the Big Ten in rushing, 203.6 yards per game coming into the game. The Hawkeyes limited the Badgers to 96 yards on 26 carries, less than half of what they average. And Braylon Allen, their stud running back, had 87 yards on 19 attempts. So it was really Iowa's defense and punting that made the difference in the game. I have to ask this question because Iowa's 6-1 and one, with the worst offense of any Power 5 team in the country, with maybe the worst offense of any team in the country, how good could they be if they just had an average offense and anybody else calling their plays? They'd be a lock for the college football playoff. A lock? A lock. Demise? Lock. lock. We got to work on your definitions of certain listen, words, Jeff. Listen, that's the Jeff Turn Dictionary, <laughs> but here's the reason why. Okay. <laughs> if, they had, if they had a average offense, man. I mean, think about this for a second. They got five more games to go. Yep. Three of the five games are at home. They play Minnesota next, then they get Northwestern on the road, then they host Rutgers, then they host Illinois, and then they go on the road to Nebraska. Even with that putrid offense that they have, they will be favorites in all five of those games. Okay, uh, They will be favorites in all five of those games. They would be a lot bigger favorites if they had a good offense. And they are gonna, they're going to win all five of those. They're not going to lose to any of those teams. And so they will roll into the Big Ten title game with – arguably the best defense in the conference, the best special teams in the conference. And I'm not pointing that out because the punter, you talk about who's returning kicks. This mm -hmm. guy is returning kicks. He is playing special teams. He is the best defender on the team. Um, it, dude, like they they have a Swiss Army knife with Dijon. I, I think Iowa will end up, if they play Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, whoever it is, will end up being somewhere around a 13 to 15 point underdog in the Big Ten title game, somewhere in that range. Um, I think that they would have to probably force two or three turnovers to win the Big Ten title game. But listen, how awesome would it be for a sport that is imperfect, that the, the, the imperfect nature of college football is what makes it so much fun. How much fun would it be if Iowa got into the college football playoff? I mean, dude, with everything that's going on, if they pulled off the upset in the Big Ten title game, it'd be amazing because there's there's no stumbles left on there. I mean, they, they have beat every team they're supposed to beat this year. The only team that they weren't supposed to beat was Penn State, and they got Molly whopped 31 to nothing. 38. There's no team that they – there's on the road, they'll be a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Nebraska. Um, they'll be a touchdown favorite over Northwestern, and they'll be a favorite in all those home games that I mentioned. I just think it's a fun story to follow because it's unique, it's different, and it's not your normal, hey, we got a great offense, a great defense, and we're going to roll the Big Ten title game. The only person on planet Earth. Okay, first of all, they're going to lose one or two of those games because their margin for error is so narrow. Eventually, at some point, it's going to catch up to you. Okay, they're going to lose a game or two that they really shouldn't, just like they kind of just probably really just won a game that they shouldn't. have got a little bit lucky with Tanner Mordecai going out. Now he couldn't it would do be, crap when he was healthy, man. It was I watched that game. I would have pulled Tanner more. Pat, Jeff, dude, he, halftime adjustments. Okay, halftime adjustments are going to make him more accurate. That dude couldn't hit a broadside of a barn yesterday, man. When he was trying to make passes. Well, here, here's my argument. I'm not saying he's a good quarterback. I said all year that he struggled. But if he's starting and he's ahead of you, how bad are you if you're the backup and now all of a sudden you're in the game? So here, here's some things that I do find interesting. Okay. 
when you look at Iowa stats, they had 37 pass yards. That's good for college football to see that in the college football playoff. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Crazy. <laughs> Their starting quarterback was six for 14. He can't even complete 50% of his passes. Only you, because you predicted Iowa to win the Big Ten championship, and Iowa fans think that that's a good idea. That's one of the most horrifically horrible things that could ever happen to college football. Also, it's not going to matter. They're probably still going to get in the Big Ten championship game because now they'd legit have to definitely lose two games that they shouldn't. I still think they're going to win one, or lose one or two. And Wisconsin has to go on and win out, which I don't think they're going to. So Iowa's going to be in. And then Molly Wapt is going to be a kind way of putting what's going to happen to him. 38 to nothing might be the best that score is in the Big Ten championship game versus whoever they play. He's Adam Carricker. I'm Jeff Turner. This is the Big Ten Show. How about that upset for Illinois over Maryland, man? Dude, how good is Nebraska that Nebraska walks into Champaign, <laughs> Illinois? <laughs> this guy just got done crushing me for talking about Iowa. He says, how good is Nebraska? Dominates <laughs> Illinois, wins by double digits. On this the dude road, was bitching about Champaign. hypocrisy. He was bitching about hypocrisy earlier. <laughs> Never let facts get in the way of a good story, Jeff. All right, back to Illinois and Maryland, the teams that actually played in this game. Oh, wow. You got to love it, dude. All right, wow. so Illinois. Up, I was shocked. The only score that shocked me more than Iowa-Wisconsin was the score of this game. I, Illinois is not a good team. I legit thought Maryland was pretty good. How did they play with Ohio State within 20 points now that I see this score? Anyways, Illinois upsets Maryland 27-24. to 24. All right, Caleb Griffin made the game-winning field goal then took off for the other end zone and slid on his stomach in celebration. Now, here's the story behind this. So he's standing on the sidelines talking to Illinois' holder and the fans. Oh, people chirping. No, you're, you should be able to chirp with no consequences, right, Jeff? So he's yep. talking to the holder. He's like, I'm going to make this. He used to play soccer. I'm going to make this. It's a slippery, wet day. I'm going to race to the other end zone. I'm going to do a soccer celebration. I'm going to slide on my stomach. And then that's exactly what he did to clinch the win for Illinois, their first Big Ten Conference win of the season after Caleb made a 43-yard field goal. All right, let's see what else I got here. Illinois controlled the line of scrimmage. I mean, this was a pretty even game if you look at the stats, if you watch the game, do a little recon. Really, the difference was Illinois was just a little bit more physical. It wasn't perfect weather. That helped Illinois. There weren't a whole lot of stands and fans in the stands. So instead of it being a Maryland home game, it was more like a neutral site game. And Illinois yeah. walks away with, to me, was a very surprising upset win. Yeah, um, that, I thought Maryland was, was going to come back. When they kicked that field goal uh, late to tie it up 24-24, I thought, man, you know, Illinois is just going to run out of gas here. But give them credit, man. Um, they got the ball, got it, got into field goal range, make that field goal, win the game. Uh, big win for Bielema and Illinois. They needed that, man, after uh, a good season a year ago and really a down, down season so far. This is with Mike Loxley, though, man. Like, that's kind of what he does. He he, he mm -hmm. chokes in games that matter. Um, and that's why I've always been critical of the Maryland head coach. Uh, or that don't like matter. Me. This game wasn't yeah. supposed to matter. <laughs> right. It, it, he kind of takes this, like, sort of curved approach to college football. Like, he may have a win or two, and then it's like, boom, down. Um, Maryland is kind of what I thought Maryland would be this year, man. They, they'd have some, some solid wins because they have a really good quarterback in an offense that can score. Uh, but when the offense isn't scoring, that defense isn't going to hold teams to under 20 points. So – they, they end up losing that game. I, I thought, um, you know, Illinois did everything they could to put a lot of uh, disguises on their 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 blitzes yesterday. And as I was watching that game a little bit, 
Um, Tonga Viola looked a little bit confused at times, and which is kind of surprising because we go up against Ohio State, man. They throw all kinds of different looks at you, and you'd think you'd be prepared for this, but he wasn't. And so um, at the end of the day, big win for Illinois, man. That's that's a nice win for them, and uh, congratulations. Dude, I'm impressed for a man who's more interested in Sharpie celebration than he is X's and O's. You've talked a lot of X's and O's today. Hey, Should man. we just run run down the other games real quick? Not a lot of Feel time. Ohio, Ohio State dominates Purdue 41-7. to One of the two of us uh, said Ohio State should be on upset alert. That guy looks like a fool today. Let's see. Penn State mollywops UMass 63-0. to UMass amassed a total of 109 total yards of offense. And uh, Michigan's on here somewhere. Michigan destroys Indiana 52-7. to This is clearly not basketball. And if it's football, Michigan's going to do really good. And that's all I got for you. All right, real quick, a uh, heads up for next week. Everybody's going to be paying attention to Penn State and Ohio State, and rightfully so. Three versus six there at the shoe as uh, as Ohio Stadium will play host uh, to that big matchup between Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, Rutgers, Indiana, Wisconsin, Illinois, Northwestern at Nebraska, Michigan at Michigan State. Circling that Iowa-Minnesota game, um, I know you think there's a chance for a loss for Iowa down the stretch. The two losses that I would circle and say, hey, there could be a loss would be the Minnesota and the Nebraska games. Um, so we'll pay attention to that. We'll get you full previews of that later in the week as well. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Big Ten Show as another page has turned here on the program. Thanks to Jacobson Seed Company for being our wonderful sponsor for the show. Uh, he's the almost famous Adam character. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. Until we talk again, y'all be well. Thanks for hanging out today on the Big Ten Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.